0: The blue, the blue bloods are back and we are bringing you guys more quality sports content for your Monday. We start the episode off by discussing who is the, really the greatest college football player of all time. And then we debate whether Mike Leach has already placed himself on the hot seat even before the season's just, season has started. We then debate who, we, who we would want our quarterback to be out of three of the biggest names of college football. And we, wrap up the episode with another round of Dabo Sweeney versus Nick Saban and their latest saga about Apple watches we have a full slate of head ahead of us so let's kick it off So as you guys know, the Blue Bloods have been providing you guys with some March sadness brackets due to the cancellation of March Madness. You know, you guys voted the 01 Miami Hurricanes as the greatest college football team of all time. But now we've moved on to who's the greatest player of all time. Today, the finals begin as we're recording. The final four is currently happening But we figured out we go ahead and give our opinions on who we would have voted for, who we think deserves this honor. So, Brandon, you kick it off, man. Who do you consider the greatest college football player of all time and why?
1: It shouldn't even be a debate right now. Uh, We're going to talk about Mr. Herschel Walker during this segment because that is the greatest college football player of all time. Uh, You want to talk about stats? Let's do that. So in his three seasons at Georgia, uh, he rushed for all nearly 5,300 yards. Uh and he didn't have a season that was under sixteen hundred yards rushing. That was his freshman year. He ran for sixteen hundred and sixteen yards. He averaged six yards a carry, fifteen touchdowns. And he he even caught 26 passes in his time at Georgia. And that was I mean that was when when passing to your running back was just unheard of in college in mean, football, period. And so uh the things he did, the way and, and these stats really don't even do him justice, by the way. Uh, but just the way that he carried himself, the way that he performed at Georgia, um, I mean, outstanding is an understatement. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, what do we see out of him? I mean, we saw plenty of awards, uh, go his way. We saw that's c player of the year go to him. I think all three years that he was in college. Um, yeah. Not only that, he won the he won the Heisman Trophy in 1982. That was his uh, junior season. That was his last season in college. Um, but I mean, he led the SEC in rushing in all three years that he was in college. I mean, if you watched this guy play, which obviously Zach and I didn't have the honor to do so, uh, not in real time anyway. But if you went back and you saw this guy play, if you saw him play in real time, congrats. But even if you just had to go back and watch – if you just had to go back and watch like old highlight videos of him play, I mean, it was just unreal the way that he carried the football. I mean, am I wrong?
0: No, he is also my pick. Um, you know, I want to go off and start by saying I really, really wanted to pick Bo Jackson as an Auburn fan. But I can't because Herschel Walker deserves this honor more than anyone. I mean, I know some people that I know listening to this podcast are going to say Jim Brown deserves this, you know – this spot and he's a legend. Don't get me wrong. Me and Brandon had Jim Brown is what the number two seed in the bracket. And, yeah. uh, you know, but I don't think I, I can, not I don't think Brandon can either get over the fact that he played in the fifties, which was a different era of football with overall less talent and athleticism than there is today. And even in the eighties, when Herschel and Bo Jackson played and, you know there's some other players you could throw in here, but for me, Walker is the greatest person to ever step on the f- step on a football field in college football and The biggest thing for me, you've already highlighted all his stats, all his awards, you know that's all fine and good, but something people overlook is how much he changed the culture of that Georgia program. people forget yeah hers i mean Herschel went the starter when he got there i mean and, and when he was a true freshman, Herschel came in um I think it was three or four games into the season. And as soon as he was inserted in the lineup, that whole culture changed and he led them all the way to the national championship when they were projected not even to win the SEC.
1: That was the last time Georgia did anything memorable, by the way. Um, Shout out to our Georgia (laughs) listeners. (laughs) You didn't have to be like that to them. It took took the greatest player of all time, the greatest college football player of all time to, to do this for them. And I mean, they had a
0: chance to win it in 81 and, 82 they were still really really good but i mean Brandon thinking back how many times do you see a running back be the missing piece to a team
1: uh i don't know i mean it's it's actually more common than you probably think i, mean, I feel okay, like you're setting so, me okay. up here
0: no no it's really not i mean like you you see it all the time where like oh Auburn was missing cam newton lsu was missing joe burrow Oklahoma was missing Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, there's and Tim Tebow taking Florida all the way. Um, Alabama, as soon as they got Tua, unbelievable. Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence taking Clemson to new heights. You hardly ever see a team where their best player and their leaders are running back. And that's that where I was looking at. Is that, like, how many teams have you seen that were bad or not bad? They were just mediocre. And you're like, if only you can get them a good running back, they'd be the best team in the country. I don't think. Anyone's ever looked at a team like that? Like you look at Clemson this year. If you give them a running back, does that solve their problem? No. It, it. Travis Etienne is a serviceable player, but you know, and he was the best player in college football for three years. And for me, I think he got snubbed of the Heisman his you know his sophomore year. And this was at a time yeah. where if you weren't a junior or senior, you weren't even supposed to be considered a, a husband candidate. And listen, Marcus Allen had a great year for USC. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think Walker deserved that Heisman because his sophomore year was better than his senior, his junior year when he won the Heisman. I think he deserved it both years because he was a game changer and he made players around him better. And I don't think you could say that about any other running back in history. I mean, a running back making the team better. Uh, How does it doesn't even make sense. And You know, you highlighted he he led the SEC in rushing yards and touchdowns all three years. And he was top 10 in the country in those stats all three years for the country, you know, in the NCAA. And, Brandon, here's the thing that gets me. This guy, in his three-year career, his first year, not even a full year, he set 41 Georgia school records, 16 SEC conference records, and 11 NCAA records in his three years at Georgia.
1: Yeah, uh, it was outstanding. Like I said, I mean, it's just incredible watching this guy play.
0: I mean, uh, this guy is something we never, we may never see again. And he is, it's for me the, the only person who's fully deserving of this honor. And you know, I kind of wanted to speak on this a little bit and uh, uh, chip in when you want, Brandon. But I mean, also looking back now, now that we know the mental health like struggle this kid was going through. At his time at Georgia makes this run that he had for three years even more unbelievable
1: yeah I mean it's absolutely incredible and then I mean to to finish after his junior season at a time when if you wanted I mean if you wanted to go on to play professional football after your junior season you had to go to the USFL which is what he did um, I mean the fact that he spent three years in college in a time where it was all I mean I don't want to say it was unheard of but it was almost unheard of to only spend three years in college. Uh, he was just that good, and he knew he was that good. And that's why he went on to play for the USFL. He went on to play for the New Jersey Generals for three seasons after this. Well, I mean, he also
0: dominated the USFL, if you don't oh, yeah. In, in, case, in case you guys don't remember, I mean, he was the best player in the USFL. And, all you know, some of our listeners might not, I guess, know about the USSL, but it wasn't a BS, you know. AAF league. I mean, there were good players in the USFL and Brandon, his last year in New Jersey, he rushed for 2,400 yards and 21 touchdowns in three seasons. He rushed for over 5,000 yards.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's no denying that, that he was a great player throughout his career, but in my opinion, he was absolutely, I mean, just by leaps and bounds the greatest player in college football history
0: yeah and in case you guys don't know what we're referring to with you know his struggle with mental health and stuff go check out his documentary i believe it's is it a sec uh special so. or a 30 for 30 one of those things uh, it's either a sec documentary or a 30 for 30 go check it out he he developed disassociative identity disorder he said that it's so bad that a different person won the Hosman, like he him and his being now can't remember winning the Hosman trophy because of all yeah, the it's... abuse and bullying from his childhood. And the fact that he took all that and channeled it into such a great college career for me is what puts us over the top, because, I mean, I couldn't imagine being a true freshman at a time where true freshmen really weren't supposed to play and struggling with mental health issues and being the best player in college football.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Uh, it's just unbelievable. Guys, keep voting, though. Um, you know, it came down to some really, really good players. It came down to Jim Brown versus Bo Jackson, and it came down to Herschel Walker and Barry Sanders. And no offense to Barry Sanders, uh, Jim Brown, or Bo Jackson, all three outstanding players. But for, in both of our opinion, Herschel Walker has to take the cake here. And Do the right thing, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't screw up. It was Brandon would say, don't screw up and vote wrong again. He's already y'all, y'all are yeah, already again. on his hit list, on his hit list. Oh but, yeah, oh yeah. Just wait doing
1: <laughs> quarantine's over. <whatever.
0: laughs> He's coming, guys. He's coming. So we're gonna move on to our second segment of the day, and oh man, this is gonna be hard to talk about. Uh, so as you guys know, Mike Leach accepted the job at Mississippi State this offseason after a pretty successful run at Washington State. But he found himself in another not great situation last week. Uh, Leach is no stranger to controversial tweets, memes, etc. or statements, but he may have taken it a step too far last week. Uh, In case you guys do not know, Leach tweeted a photo of a woman knitting a noose and captioned the tweet after two weeks of quarantine with her husband, Gertrude decided to knit him a scarf. This led to multiple Mississippi State players to respond with various but but overall unapproving tweets at Leach. And one of the players that was outspoken about this was Fabian Lovett, and he decided to enter the transfer portal this week as well. Um, Leach posted an apology on Twitter in which he said, quote, he sincerely regrets if his choice of images in my tweets were found offensive. I had no intentions of offending anyone, close quote. Uh, this isn't the first time Leach once cost Washington State a projected 1.6 million dollars of booster booster money after tweeting a edited, chopped up video of Barack Obama portraying him in negative light. And so this leads me to Brandon. Uh, this this is a sticky situation, but in the in dealing with the situation, did Leach put himself on the hot seat and? Do you see or th- should there be any discipline concerning Leach's tweet or actions here?
1: Look, in short, did he put himself on the hot seat? Yeah, probably. Um, and for all of you who didn't see this photo, it's just look it up. Look up look up Mike Leach news tweet on Google and click on images. Uh, it's just a lady, just the oldest lady you can imagine uh, sitting in probably the oldest chair you can imagine. Um, in wearing the oldest clothes you can imagine just knitting a noose. And I didn't know that you could knit a noose. So, uh, you know, I guess, I guess there's that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who has, uh, who has, uh, ever, you know, even heard of Mike Leach heard about some of the things that he's done. Um, I don't, th- do I think that he did this in like a malicious manner? No, this is just the goofiest man alive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the photo alone was just, uh, to me, it was haunting. <laughs> it was a little eerie. Um, and this is just a guess, but I feel like that photo has also been used in quite a few, uh, I guess I could call them discriminatory, uh, Twitter threads. Uh, a couple of hateful places on the internet have probably used this photo as well. Um, but if nothing else, I, you know, I, I definitely think that this tweet and this photo are just ignorant. Um, you can't, you can't go do this kind of thing, man. And you know, you haven't even coached, you haven't coached one play of football at this university that you just got hired at. And you're going to go tweet this. I mean, how could you not have the foresight to think, Hey, that might be offensive to some people. Um, I don't know. Uh, but if there's any sort of spin zone for Mike Leach here, it's that, uh, if there's anywhere that he'd get away with this move, it is the state of Mississippi. So, uh, is he really on the hot seat? Who knows? It is Mississippi State. People forget that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you just said here for the most part. I mean, let me start off with this. I mean, by no means is what Leach posted acceptable. I mean, especially considering, the you know, the area and what happened in that area where he coaches oh, the no, players. Oh, no, 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 See?
1: Let's go ahead and I'm gonna disavow real quick. I didn't mean that in like a hey, let's let's back Mike Leach. Oh no 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 up. no Wait, yeah no I no, I disavow yeah, one no, no. million percent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure. I mean we both do not support Mike. I mean we're both Mike Leach coaching fans, but this act was unnecessary and just ridiculous. I mean, do I think he meant to be racist? no, I really don't think he's a bad person or racist, but based on the history of what he's tweeted and some of the things he said, I don't think he can, I don't think he gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's like the kid who keeps, you know, like he, he keeps shaving the cat like, okay, yeah, you might've accidentally did it the first time. Like, yeah, but like, you know, this is like your third or fourth time doing this, dude, like you know what you're doing and to get to the question at hand, is he on the hot seat? I think he has to be right. Uh, I mean, like, like you yeah. said, he hasn't even coached a single down, he hasn't even put on a single practice for the school yet,
1: right? I, right. I just, come no, on, I mean, man. And, I mean and, 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 and I get what you're saying, and and that's just, I mean, look, and I, as much as I hate to say it, and as, as ignorant as my statement probably is as well, he, he coaches at Mississippi State University, Zach, and I don't know, I just, it's to me. If he could get away with this somewhere, that's where it is. It's like there or like Arkansas. Like take your yeah, choice.
0: I, it's one of those. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like I, I'm taking it like a different approach. So I think there's a lot of boosters that are gonna be pissed off because because I right. think they're gonna be like there's people there's people that think we support this. I think I think there's gonna yeah. be a pushback. I think there's gonna be some pissed off people. I mean, and do I think that like there's some people who are gonna be like oh people are sensitive and. No, no, no. Like, yeah, whatever. There's probably are going to be people like that. But I mean, do I think he's directly on the hot seat? Maybe not. But what it does do to me, and I guess in my eyes, is shorten the amount of slack he's going to get. The fans, the administration, the players, if he if he gets out to a slow start this season or next and falls flat two years in a row or even this year, then the fans and the players are going to say, hey, his drama and his personality isn't worth the on-field performance. He's not going to have no, a lot I mean, of time to put it together.
1: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, a million percent. Um, now, I don't know. This is it, – it's it's a super sticky situation. And if I'm a booster right now, I'm mad because, I mean, you have a player in uh, Fabian Lovett who just left. And, you know, it may not have been directly because of what Mike Leach tweeted. Um, but it sure did happen, like – immediately after (laughs) pretty pretty soon after
0: so um and i don't know if i've made it clear or not he was one of the ones that called leach out on twitter
1: yeah um i don't know I, i mean i'm pretty mad if i'm a booster right now because it's not like this kid was this star on the team but if he leaves it's probably gonna open the door for some other people to leave it's gonna leave some room for scouts who haven't committed yet to be like oh yeah I had Mississippi State on my list, but I don't know if I want to go play for that. You know, that's just you you don't want to go put yourself in that sort of situation. You don't want to associate yourself with this kind of behavior. You know, and I guess you could give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I don't think he did this in in a malicious way whatsoever. But you have to you have to know where you're at. Right. You have to understand you have to understand your surroundings and you have to know where you're at. uh, Place and time are very important in life. A thousand
0: percent. And, you know, build off your recruiting thing. I mean, this puts, I mean, how hard is it to already recruit in Starkville, Mississippi? Cool. I mean, uh, like, and here's a, something, I don't know if you've thought about Brendan, and especially people listening. I mean, players at Washington state probably didn't have a lot of high profile options outside of Washington state. Uh, but players being recruited to Mississippi state have big time options. I mean, you don't think Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart, Dan Mullen, Gus Malzahn are telling recruits, hey, do you want to go play with this guy? And they're spinning this in an absolute negative light. I mean, and then you piss off current players. Those recruits stay with those current players on their recruiting visits. So if, if if you don't have them having your back, wh- what do you have? How do you sell the program that you haven't built at all and that is pretty much down in the dumps? How do you sell those players to come join you in Starkville, Mississippi, when Mississippi already has a reputation, your program now has a reputation, and now you have a reputation? I mean – how how in the how do you look a recruit's family in the eye when you go visit them and they ask you about this what do you say realistically
1: it, it's the pirate guy is what i would say i think um, it's the pirate I guy seen any of this. yeah it's this i don't know it yeah i really don't know what to say because it's it's mike leach um it, it'd be I, hard i know, mean I, I get... <laughs> do you i mean do you think all the blame can fall on him for this though i mean like you said, things like right. this have come up in the past. You, you have to think Mississippi State knew what they were getting themselves into, at least to a certain extent, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, but okay. So here's where I think it becomes like iffy for me is like most of his controversial tweets have involved politics, which I think me, you, all our listeners know you don't need to talk politics when, especially at your job or, you know, when you're such a pro, high profile person like that, like staying out of politics is probably your best bet when you coach such a diverse group of people, and Mike Leach never followed that, and he got himself in trouble, but this one's different. This, like,
1: politics, like,
0: like, (laughs) like, like like there's like two sides, like, okay, like, oh, if Mike Leach is a Democrat, whatever, that's his beliefs, like, whatever, it's like, okay, he's a Republican, yeah, okay, like, do I love it, no, whatever, like, we can get over it. There's at least two sides to the argument, like, this one, like, I don't even know how you can argue that, like, like oh it's really not a big problem like it's like well no it's it's a very very serious problem like and like you said like you kind of described the pictures to our listeners i beg you guys to look it up because it's definitely from a history book somewhere and it's black and white <laughs> and it's bad it's it's a really real like even if you were going to tweet a picture like that that was not the one you needed to pick
1: yeah no you could have <laughs> look there's probably a list of things you could have tweeted that were not that. Um, uh, You know, I'll, I'll, I'll start thinking about that list and I'll get back to you on that, but it just,
0: that That list list is long this may have been near the bottom (laughs) of
1: the list if not at the bottom
0: like it's tough guys but you know one of my last things I want to address before we move on is the locker room problem we kind of talk about it but if he's already began losing players who aren't on campus so he can't even get the team together and make a formal statement like these players are all over the country at home I mean and this program's not known for its immense talent but it's known for effort and tough and toughness, especially the years they won. The thing about Dan Mullen while he was coaching Mississippi State is those kids played hard and they played fast physical for Dan Mullen because they respected him as a coach i don't I think I would say sixty percent of the kids right now are teetering on should we like is this a guy we want to go out there and put it all on the line for,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: you're right. Because we both watched Mississippi State play last year. Toward the end of the season, it looked like they were giving up. Like, they got smacked by Louisville in the Music City Bowl. They didn't look great against LSU in the second half. They didn't look – I mean, they they literally only won the Egg Bowl because a dude decided to do a stupid penalty and fake like a dog pissing on a fire hydrant. Like, they almost weren't even bowl eligible. I mean, that team did not look like it had great morale, and this can – only further hurt them
1: yeah it's it's definitely not going to help them um you know there there may be like one specific group of people in this country that it would motivate but they they are not football (laughs) players at mississippi (laughs) state university no definitely not and they might they might be located near starkville (laughs) but they are not football players at the university (laughs) and mississippi state university i can assure you that
0: that is a fact but guys so i understand like i want to end on this we both understand that it was most likely a joke, but I think Brandon kind of started hitting at this, but knowing the culture and the time we live in today, this was such an unnecessary risk to take. I mean, I get he likes that risque, borderline, like tip my toe over the line humor, but you're not a stand-up comedian. I mean, you're a college football coach for an SEC program. I mean, is was it worth putting your career in jeopardy over a quote, like a quote, funny tweet in your opinion? I mean, we see this constantly with people tweeting or saying dumb things when it's not necessary, a- a.k.a. Antonio Brown. I mean, there's so many people who do this, and Leach is not a bad guy. Neither of us are insinuating that, but I think he needs to like mature and understand the power that his voice carries and choose his words and memes better, and your career is not worth a tweet. I promise you that, and I think Brandon will echo that sentiment to end this segment absolutely retweet yeah that retweet guys but we're gonna go ahead move on to our third segment and this is one we kind of threw in here this is gonna be an interesting one some of y'all are gonna scoff at it some of y'all are gonna love it we're we're here for the people who love it and espn has been posting random questions across their social media regarding college football in recent weeks and one question caught brandon's eyes earlier today and we are here to debate it Uh, ESPN asked fans to decide which quarterback they would want leading their team into the 2020 season. As you could imagine, Trevor Lawrence, the obvious, you know, one of the obvious choices out of Clemson was first on the list, while Justin Fields out of Ohio State was the second choice. To many, many fans surprise, outside of Brandon, their third pick was Keaton Slovis, the freshman standout out of USC. And many people were wondering how he even got into this debate. But we're here to debate it. Brandon, let's break this question down for our listeners out there. And why don't you go ahead and let everyone know which quarterback you would take next year moving into 2020?
1: Yeah, let's talk about it. So everyone saw the tweet, or at least you should have. Uh, ESPN tweeted it out, like Zach said. And it it was a tweet that, if you saw it, you thought I composed it. Because Keaton Slovis was lumped in with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterbacks in college football, essentially. Um, So... Let's go ahead and start with my first question. You know, this is how I like to uh, format my debate. Um, Does Keaton deserve to be in the same conversation as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? Probably not. Uh, Do I love him any less? Absolutely not. So let's go ahead and list the stats here. Um, And and I want you to remember this, Zach. Uh, He played eight games this season. He started for eight games this season, um, and he came into the season as a backup and a true freshman. So let me go ahead and read these stats off to you, Zach. Uh, So first of all, I'm not going to give you any names. I'm just going to read these pure stats for you. All right, so uh, this is everybody's freshman stats. So we have have a 65% completion uh, rate, 3,280 yards, 30 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. That's quarterback A. Quarterback B, 69% completion rating or completion uh, percentage. Uh, 328 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'll go ahead and read his sophomore stats because that's not fair. He wasn't a, he wasn't a starter that year, which might give it away. Um, 67% completion rating or percentage, 3,273 yards passing, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions. And then we have 72% completion rating, 3,500 yards passing, 30 touchdowns. All those numbers sound pretty good. They sound like great quarterbacks, in my opinion. Um, Well, Keaton Slowis is quarterback C in this example. He threw for 3,500 yards uh, this season, 72% completion percentage, 30 touchdowns in eight games, Zach. So do I think that I would want him <laughs> leading my team into this next season? I don't think he'd be a bad choice. Would I prefer him over Trevor Lawrence? No, probably not. But I do think that he is very underrated. I've been saying this since the beginning. So we, I mean, you can run the tapes back. Love Keaton. Uh, if you know him, uh, recommend him to the show. We would love to have him on. That would be the, that would just that would be Christmas for me, basically. Um, but I mean, I think that if you put Keaton Slovis on a team that's coached by Nick Saban or a team that's coached by Davos Swinney, he's even better than this. And he, I'm not going to say he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. But he'd be up there with him, and I don't think anybody would be scoffing at this post in that example, in that circumstance anyway.
0: Okay, so I'll join in on that. I think Slovis was the second-best freshman quarterback last season. Shut up. No
1: one wants to hear about it, Sam Howell. No one wants to hear about uh, uh
0: Bo Nix was – I'm just playing. It was Sam Howell. Uh <laughs> <laughs> now slovis was second best and i think he's only going to improve and i think he has a extremely extremely high seas uh, like a ceiling and i think he's going to be a future nfl quarterback i'm interested to see how this year is going to be is he going to hit that sophomore slump i don't think he is but he also doesn't have a lot of help out there at usc he's kind of on an island out there by himself out in california and you know my pick here isn't because the other choices aren't talented. I just highlighted Keaton Slovis. Justin Fields is going to be a future NFL star. And to me, yeah. my pro comp early is Russell Wilson with size, which is terrifying. Because Russell Wilson's really, really good, in case you guys don't already know. But could you imagine if Russell Wilson was 6'3, 220? Yeah, it's called yeah, Justin be- Fields. Um, but I think this is the answer is easily Trevor Lawrence by a million, a zillion, a trillion. It don't even matter. Uh, it's not a debate. It's not a hard question for me. Trevor Lawrence is the best all around quarterback I have ever personally watched play college football in my life. I mean,
1: yeah, I don't. Disagree. He he, uh,
0: he just he has the arm strength, the accuracy, the athleticism, the decision making, the attitude, and he just has that it factor. Like you know, Brandon kinda highlighted, I mean, he's thrown for over thirty two hundred yards and thirty touchdowns in both his season in both his years at Clemson and only has twelve career interceptions. He started out real rough this year, but I I don't I know me and Brandon highlighted it. Go back and check the tapes. He caught a rhythm late in the season. He was rolling. He got a rhythm in the route. middle of the season, and
1: people just weren't yeah. giving him enough credit for it.
0: Well, people got caught up in Joe Burrow and Chase Young and Justin Fields and everything and Trevor – and Tua Tagovailoa. And, I mean, people just forgot Trevor Lawrence existed. It was playing on the ACC network. That's why people forgot. Um, Yeah. No one has it. it Please get rid of it. Get rid of it. But, you know, he he makes the right play every single play. And he shows a maturity that I only see in the best NFL quarterbacks. I mean, just for me – I think Lawrence has a extremely, extremely great opportunity to become the best quarterback to ever play college football. I mean, the greatest quarterback ever in college football in history. is that that's, that's where this guy's going. I mean, he's already a national champion. He needs a Heisman to complete that legacy. But Brandon, what if he wins another national championship this year? Or he comes back for a senior year and wins two he goes down at losing one game in his college career. I mean, yeah, is there an argument to keep him out of that conversation?
1: Oh, no, you can't. Uh, I and you know, I've I've been on this train for a while now, um which I think that anybody who watches college football or has seen Clemson play at all should also be on this train. Uh, I mean, there's something special about a kid who, you know, fills in that that role as a freshman last year or I guess two seasons ago now um, he he fills in that role um, when their starting quarterback is sat on the bench. uh, Someone needs to go in and and he did it and he, he did it. I can't remember how many games he started after that. I I think it was like nine. No, it was nine regular season games. Yeah. And then the two playoff games. Um, Yep. But anyway, I I mean, it's just, it's crazy what he did with, with that amount of games. I mean, he still passed for 3,300 yards. Um and I mean seriously this and, and I talked about Herschel Walker earlier being a special special player to watch. Trevor Lawrence is right. I mean seriously, and I and I know it may sound absurd right now, but he is right there. He is right up there with him. Uh, and just when you watch this kid, you know there's something special there. You know that uh he he has everything in control. He knows what he's doing, and you know that he can lead that team.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's. I'm. I don't know about you. I mean, everyone knows our where our allegiance lies in terms of college football teams. But I don't think there's a player in college football I'm more excited to watch this season than Trevor Lawrence. I think. I. I mean, he's coming off his first ever loss as a college football player in the LSU national championship game, and I. I don't. I don't know about you, Brandon. I'm a little scared because. You know, sometimes you can get uh, satisfied or, you know, get full from sitting where you are. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be hungry. I mean, I oh, think yeah. he's tired of the disrespect. I mean, I think he's coming for heads next season. And that Clemson team is loaded, guys. I mean, it's, I mean, when you get to return Justin Ross and Travis Etienne on that offense oh my gosh this is just because people forget how good etienne is catching out of the backfield i mean it's going to be terrifying and i'm just i'm a i'm ecstatic to watch because i mean have we ever seen a college football player make the national championship every single season he was a starter i mean Uh, outside of the one-year wonders (laughs) yeah outside of like the one-year wonders like cam newton or you know even i mean there's been a few joe burrow year wonder yeah joe Bur- well joe burrow played two years at lsu so like i don't count him okay, as like a but... one-year wonder like but uh, it's just i i don't think i've ever seen someone with this skill set and you know it really surprises me i don't know if you kind of get this five too brandon that people really really disrespect this kid and i don't understand where they're hatred or where what they're not seeing in this kid i mean i know a lot of people personally that think this kid is the most overrated player in the country and that he's trash and it's only because you know people love to hate other teams and everything and it's like I, the and the narrative after the national championship game was that proved that he was a bust and i cannot believe yeah. that people looked at A kid going to his second straight national championship game, having an average game as, oh, he's trash. Uh, 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 Are we really? I mean, Jared Goff went first in the NFL draft after literally. Can you name one good? Can you name one memorable thing that Jared Goff did at Cal?
1: Uh, He went to Cal. That's that's about it.
0: Can you remember one? Amazing thing Mitch Trubisky did at UNC.
1: No, I'll be honest with you, not, not even a little bit, and you know what? Nothing came of him. So
0: that, that's true. I mean, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl, so we're going to keep him in this conversation. But uh, I just yeah, think it's, it's ridiculous how much hate, uh, how much hate this guy gets. And you know, uh, we're going to get into it next segment. You know why I think people hate this kid? Why? Uh, they hate Davo Sweeney. They, they should. They, they they hate Clemson so much that they're missing the greatest college football player that we've seen in recent history play football. And it's going to be a situation where he leaves for the NFL, and those highlights start coming out in the next few years, and people are like, "Man, like, can we believe like how good this guy really, really was?" Like, it kind of happened in the NBA when Kevin Durant had to sit out this year people were like, yo, Kevin Durant was like actually really, really good. Like in case, like everyone yeah. hated him for going to the Warriors. And for like two or three years there, everyone forgot how good he was. And then once, you know, they didn't make the finals and they lost to Kawhi because KD was out and everything. Everyone was like, Hey, I don't know if y'all remember this, but KD is really, really good at basketball. And I think that's kind of <laughs> how it's going to be with, with Trevor Lawrence. And it's going to be like, Hey, this kid, this kid changed the game. And I mean, I th- you know, and, you know this year was uh college football's 150th anniversary when they come out with this uh CFB 200 poll of the greatest players of all time Trevor Lawrence might be number 1 on that list and that's a bold statement but to me I I if he gets to the national championship this this year and wins a Heisman I I don't see how you keep him out of it cuz he's going to throw for 4000 yards this year I have a feeling he's going to throw for 4000 yards and 40 touchdowns and That'll put him at what ten thousand yards for his career. That that's a wrap, guys. There's nothing you can do to argue with me. I mean, Tim Tebow was good, but Trevor Lawrence would that would be that would put together the greatest three year stretch of a quarterback I think we've ever seen.
1: I'm gonna soundbite that Zach where you said, you know, Tim Tebow was good, but yeah, that's soundbite now.
0: It, that's fine. I mean, I'll back it up. Anyone who wants to come on this podcast and debate me, who's better between Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow come, come, come get that a whooping on this podcast. You're lucky. We're clean. <laughs> um, <You're> lucky. But <laughs> dude, they they have no idea, but we're going to go ahead, move on our final segment of the day, guys. Um, oh, this is, I'm, I don't know about you right now. I'm super excited about this segment. Uh, Uh, You know, as most as as most of you already know, college athletes stuck at home due to the recent COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, Coaches across the country, uh, strength and conditioning coaches are trying to make sure their players stay in shape while they're away from the program at home. Nick Saban said this past week in a press conference that his players were equipped with Apple watches and he Justified this by saying that some players did not have access to workout facilities and players need to be put on alternative forms of training such as band training, resistance training, etc. Uh, well, as you can imagine, it did not take very long for this to become front page news as personnel across the country were left asking how Bama pulled this off. Coaches such as Ryan Day at Ohio State, Tom Herman at Texas, both raised big concerns about the unfair rules across the conferences because conferences such as the Big 12 under their rules would not permit Apple Watches for athletes. And one of the most outspoken critics, as you probably can imagine, Dabo Sweeney, Uh, he said that Bama was interpreting the rule in a questionable, unusual way and that Clemson did not need Apple Watches to know that their players were doing the correct things at home. So this whole story has brought up many opinions, hot takes, whatever, but we at the Blue Bloods are ready to jump into this. So Brandon, what is your take on Bama first using Apple Watches, and does it actually break an NCAA rule? Also, and what do you think of Dabo's shot at Saban and the Bama program? Because I never thought we'd see Dabo versus Saban Apple Watches edition.
1: Look, Zach, this and let me let me start my argument by saying this. There's a couple of things I hate about this story. I hate, first of all, that there's such a big stir over athletes uh needing to be monitored, monitored over quarantine. I feel like you're monitored during the regular season or during the off season right now. Um your workouts are usually monitored. Why can't they be monitored during quarantine? I feel like a couple of these rules are open to interpretation. Um so so I hate that they can't ha- that that this is such a debate right now. I hate that you're about to make me defend Nick Saban. Um so I hate you for that, I guess. And goodness, man. I I'm just going to continue on this train. I think I, I think I hate Davos Swinney and I didn't I didn't want to. Trust me, I did not want to. I think I like him as a person. As a coach, I don't think I can stand him. Um so here's where I'll start. And I've already kind of uh, I've already kind of highlighted it. Do I think that this should be against the rules for the NCAA. Absolutely not. I think that if you can monitor, um, if you can monitor your players during the regular offseason or during the regular season, you should be able to do that during this time of quarantine. Right? You know, there's a lot of things that aren't, you know, going as as planned right now for the NCAA. Uh, obviously, there's no spring practices; those have been canceled. Uh, who knows? The season might get delayed or even canceled. Uh, God forbid. But you know, there's a lot of things that are changing right now. I mean, for these student athletes, I mean, their classes are online right now. You know, I know mine are. You know, I'm about to graduate. My classes are all online. I guess I'll have my diploma, like, emailed to me or whatever. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that are just changing right now. I feel like these rules are are made to be able to interpret, you know? That's kind of what rules are, right? I mean, they're not always black and white. There's always something to interpret. Um, and what? how do I feel about this shot? From, from Dabble Swinney, good God. I, I, I don't know. I think – I really do think I hate him. Um, there's just – there's no reason. I think – here's the reason why I hate him. I think he's a fraud. I'll say it. I think he's a fraud. I think he likes expand to expand on that. <laughs> I think – yeah, I will expand on it. I was getting there. He's a fraud. Um, he likes to get people hyped up. Just for nothing, you know. Would this be a storyline any other time if, if this wasn't going on? If there were anything else for Dabo Swinney to uh, to get upset about right now, I would have to believe he would probably be upset about it because he was just upset about literally every single thing during the regular season this year. Am I wrong about that? He was upset about everything. Uh, I mean, we could we could go on. A, I can go on a tangent about that, but I'll you know I'll hold myself back. Uh, I'll be civilized. I think that he caused, I think he stirs things up to get his players motivated, to get himself motivated. I don't know what it is, but he always, he needs to be the victim. He always needs to have him, himself and the players as the victim, uh, so they can play better. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not, I'm not him, so I couldn't really tell you. Um, I hate, I hate that he had to go on this tangent. He had to make this comment about Nick Saban. And I hate, I really hate that I have to defend him right now. I really hate that I have to defend Coach Saban. But I don't think what he's doing is wrong. I think that it's absolutely crazy for somebody to get upset about a coach wanting to monitor his players' workouts.
0: So can I read you the rule and you let me know? Yeah, read it it to me. Okay. So the rule says that teams may not supervise, conduct, or advise workouts or report voluntary workouts or sports activities to institutional coaches or staff members Whatever. which means Rules are like, broken. which means like during the season if you work out outside like the university or even during the all season or during the season you cannot report that to coaches and they cannot track you using anything
1: i'm still going to stand by my word here because i mean my argument holds up i think that this is a different circumstance and that there should be I don't think that this rule is fair. You know, they, these players don't have the opportunity to work out at team facilities right now, do they? So I think, no, I think can. that coaches should still have the same opportunity to monitor like regular workouts like they would during the off season. I think that's, I mean, I think that's warranted.
0: So well, like, I, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate because I think we're taking different sides to this argument. Uh, what about schools whose conferences have banned them from doing this? And like, I mean, And for the sole purpose of like schools have different budgets. So let's say a school like Memphis can't afford to give all their athletes Apple Watches, but a school like Texas or Alabama can't afford to give their athletes across sports access to Apple Watches and monitor data, et cetera, et cetera. How do you control for the competition, I guess, advantage that you're giving these bigger schools that bring in more money?
1: I don't think it's an advantage necessarily. I mean these programs are allowed to build uh bigger, better facilities than than these smaller schools, right? I mean, isn't that an unfair advantage? I mean, I mean, I mean, same, you still ha- same.
0: you just have newer equipment or more room. I mean, they still have basically the same equipment.
1: Okay, well what about these programs that are building like these these full service nutrition bars? Do you really, in your heart of hearts, think that that the University of Southern Mississippi has a full service nutrition bar in their uh,
0: probably not, probably absolutely. Yeah, that's what not. I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. And so, you know, do you think that that these smaller schools have uh, huge film rooms where it's it's basically a movie theater? No, but but these bigger programs do. You know, that would that would also be an unfair advantage according to this argument. It's just to me, if you if you got it. Why not take full advantage of it? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I I agree that if you have it, take advantage of it. But if certain schools aren't allowed to have it, then how come they get to have it? Texas can't. Te- you don't think Texas and Oklahoma have the money to do this? Ohio State has money to do this. But their conference won't allow them.
1: Well, get a new conference. So th- Your conference sucks. This is why the <laughs> SEC is the greatest. <laughs> Fair enough. I
0: mean, I think the NCAA is about to be put to the test here, personally. I mean, either decision, whether they allow it or they decide to stop it, is going to put them in hot water with somebody in the country. I mean, but a decision is going to have to be made very soon, and I do not think Bama fans are going to like it, because here's why. I don't think that of is going to alienate schools without the funds to compete like this. So, therefore... Bama also may be in hot water for not seeking approval from the assembly first. Here's why I think they're going to take other school sides over Bama. One, they're already self-conscious that you know there's this perception of SEC bias, especially Alabama bias. Two, it's Alabama and maybe a handful of SEC schools versus the entire country. So uh, I think the them, you know, I think uh, I, they probably could take them, but I think the NCAA is going to play, you know, is going to gamble with the, with the odds here, and they don't do gambling, so yeah, they don't allow gambling, but they're going to gamble. They don't follow their own rules, but you know, <sighs> <Next> a, facts. <laughs> according to their rule, for me, the way I interpret it is, you know, buying all your players Apple watches to monitor, as Savin would say. Health-related data sounds a lot like supervising or conducting workouts and reporting those workouts to coaches and staff members, which you're not allowed to do in season or out of season. That that yeah. sounds like it's in that sounds like it's in bounds for an a rule violation, and I understand why other coaches are upset at this. I mean, yes, you're you and the people who support this are completely correct by saying. This is a very unique time, and rules can be bent to accommodate. But if they're going to be bent, the NCAA needs to step in and say, every school that can do this, do it. Conferences, you cannot step in. Uh, They have to allow it as like an open market thing instead of just being like, oh, well, sorry. It's like like a teacher – not allowing their class to go to recess, even though the school schedule is it's recess. Like Bama's out there playing on the playground, but Texas is up locked in the room because the teacher was pissed at so-and-so.
1: I mean, dude, I've had so many teachers do that. Uh, that's that's, that that's is weak, right, though? I get what, I get what you're saying. Weak. Yeah, I what you're saying.
0: It's weak. I, mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. So, yes, there's going to be D1 schools who struggle to supply athletes with this type of technology, which raises the concerns of an unfair advantage for higher-income schools. But if what if the rule says like, oh, you can get like this th- – there's other health-related monitors outside of Apple Watches. They don't need all the technology to text. I mean, you can get a cheap Fitbit for under $100 rather than a $300 Apple Watch. I mean, there's options here where the NCAA can regulate what they can have. Um, but they're going to have to act fast, and here's why. Because how do you stop it once it becomes rampant? You don't think now, Savin said this, that schools in the SEC like Georgia, Auburn, Florida, LSU that have these funds, Texas A&M, aren't shipping Apple Watches to everybody right this second? Well, they are. Coach O is in Walmart right now buying every Apple Watch in every single Walmart in Baton Rouge right now. Uh, and, yeah, well, probably. And, the, and the thing is like, so once those players have access to those Apple Watches, how do you – so let's say the NCAA doesn't allow it how do you how do you monitor that i mean, yeah, I mean. Th- there's there's long standing rules that the NCAAs put in place that get violated every time if there's a rule that if they p- p- insert this rule i mean all that's going to do is make teams become sneakier and for me, I smell trouble here. I, whether it be for the NCAA, Bama, other schools, someone's going to get caught doing something sketchy, and I think this is going to get messy and contentious. And I don't think the comments from coaches are over. Um, and you know, to get to the Sweeney thing, um, I think it was a petty shot. I I understand what he was saying. I think we both get if if you know the key the Key and peel sketch where it was like they had Obama's you know. Um, translator where it was like I forgot what he called it but um his anger you know, translator yeah his anger translator if Sweeney had an anger translator we all know what would have been said and oh, you yeah. know he, he's suggesting Saban can't trust his players to work out by themselves without his iron thumb because the perception is Sweeney's this laid-back player-friendly guy while Saban's this dictator has everyone on a short leash like he's overruling his program so I think this further that like further, you know, makes this comparison happen. And, you know, you know what I get from it? I get a sense of frustration from Davo Sweeney from this. And let me explain. I'll get your opinion on it. Um, But he takes his team to the playoffs almost every single season in recent history. And he competes with the top schools from these other big conferences, but he, but he, people always say, oh, they don't play nobody. They, this, they, that. I think he just feels like they're not getting any respect. And so I think he's tired of it. I think, he, like you said, he has that chip on his shoulder where any chance he can get, he's going to take a jab at those other teams and to make to, that way, like he gets his team in the news. Cause he's fighting for that respect. And I feel like, yeah, they've won what two national championships been to four now, and been to multiple playoffs and just I really think he's tired of this SEC Bama narrative, which is why he has it out for Alabama right now. He wants to bring attention to what he's doing in Clemson, how they've been so successful. I mean, I think in his eyes, he sees Bama doing this. Bama doing this is trying to gain an advantage over Clemson because Dabo Sweeney feels in his heart that they cannot beat that Clemson team. And I think he is going to take any chance to get in Saban's head, any chance to take a shot, because he thinks that he's a better coach than Nick Saban, and he thinks that his program is better than what Saban has right now at Bama.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying, and I can definitely see that. Uh, but that does not change the fact that I think that Dabo Swinney is a punk and a fraud. You used to say a punk? It's How are you going to call Dabo Swinney a punk? Well, I mean, cheap shots, you know? You can take a cheap shot. I can take one. What? I mean, you okay, so,
0: it. so as an LSU fan, you're not mad at all that Bama's
1: doing this. I mean, listen, if if I had any doubt in my mind that LSU wasn't doing this, I would probably be pissed. But Ooh, I like that. I, mean, I like that take. Yeah, I can't. You know, I can't. I can't be hypocritical here. I think that there's a lot of programs probably doing the same exact thing right now. Um, and I think that a lot of SEC programs are doing it. I think that a lot of programs that aren't supposed to be doing it because of their conference guidelines are probably also doing it. But they didn't – their head coach didn't come out and blatantly say, hey, yeah, we're doing this thing that might violate NCAA rules. Um, and so that's like why that. they're not in hot water think, right now.
0: You yeah. know what I think Coach O does? I think he yeah. sends crawfish to every player's family. And there's – it's like it's like a king cake from Mardi Gras on Mobile. Or New Orleans, wherever, yeah. whatever, King Cakes. I feel like it's a crawfish. And when you bite into the head, it's like a fortune cookie. And it has like a little sheet of paper with the workout on it. And Cocho's like, listen, you know, I work out so I can still whoop you. You know what? He was like, you better oh, be doing me. these workouts. <laughs> he
1: and tied, every pound <laughs> stack together with, exactly. with a workout look.
0: exactly like every pound of crawfish comes with a week's worth of workouts and that's how coach doing it he don't need apple watches coach creative he just calls his boy from the restaurant crawfish for everybody you know he sends some to joe burrow just to make sure he's cool for the nfl draft and oh yeah you know good to to end this episode off i want to address one just random topic real quick brandon i don't know about you so the nfl draft is uh, nfl draft is going to be virtual this year and i don't know about you Over-under, well, I guess not over-under, true or false, which one do you think it is? Coach O is going to find a way to be at Joe Burrow's house for the NFL draft party.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, he will. He'll be there. Okay. I don't know how. (laughs) There's plenty of of stay-at-home. Listen, I'm in Louisiana uh, right now. Um, There are plenty of stay-at-home. Like, you have to stay at home here. Like If you're on the road, like they have police officers waiting to pull you over. Uh, there's like, there's not necessarily checkpoints right now, but there could be in the future. Um, and a lot of States are like, Hey, you're from Louisiana. Guess what? Uh, you have to quarantine yourself for a few days before you can even do anything here. Um, he's going to find a way to be there. I don't know how he's coach. O. he has special powers.
0: I mean, so on a scale of one to 10, how disappointed are you going to be if he's not there?
1: Oh, that's like, that's a full 10. Well, that, that's, that's easily a full on, 10, right? It, it depends on what he's doing. It depends on what he's doing. Uh, there's a list of three things that he can be doing that would uh that would make me not disappointed. Uh the first thing is he's at home, but he made himself a ham sandwich, as he would call it. Um he could do that. He could be at in Death Valley watching uh the virtual draft on the Jumbotron, or he could be alligator hunting and I'd be okay with it.
0: Bro, if he's watching the draft in in Death Valley by himself, legend. Someone Legend. Better. okay. If, if yeah. you're watching the virtual draft in Death Valley, are you using the two smaller screens in the one end zone, or are you going to use the one big one?
1: You're using the big one. What, what are you even
0: talking about right now? I'm, I'm about to say there's one in one part of the end zone that's bigger. No, than I know what you're talking about. Okay. You, no, 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 no. no, 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 no you, you have to use the big one. Okay. I see. I'll think about using the two smaller ones because then you can, like, like you have that welcome to Death Valley lighting up right in between. just looks nasty. Yeah, that's I, pretty
1: I, cool. That's
0: pretty I, cool. I, it's pr- I mean, I love Death Valley, guys. I hate Death Valley, but at the same time, I love it as a fan. It is one of the coolest, nicest stadiums ever. If you can get down to Baton Rouge, skip the, skip the September games. If I have not Reached you guys on anything on this podcast ever. Do not go, let this be the one thing do not go to Death Valley in September for a day game because you will want to die. It is so unbearably hot, and those little four year olds that are screaming tiger bait at you, you just want to feed them to the tiger and makes you so upset, especially after Leonard Fournette ends your defense's life. You're just not for it, it's not a fun time do not zero out of 10 recommend. If you're going as a neutral friend, 10 out of 10 recommend. There's going to be a Cajun guy on your right who offers you crawfish. Take it. Cause it'll be the best crawfish you've ever eaten in your life. And I guarantee you, whatever all, you want, all the whatever fishes. you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, we'll end the episode off on that nice tangent. I had a few questions for Brandon. I had to get off of there, but that is a wrap here. Um, Social media polls still going guys you guys have been voting all you know for weeks now uh we'll find out who the greatest player of all time is to uh this afternoon so shout out to you guys for voting all on that Instagram at the underscore bluebloods Facebook at the blue bloods pod uh Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods um this is our first episode since it happened but uh are, your boys are moving up in the world. Uh, guest appearance on a podcast actually uh, I know it's it, it surprised both of us but if you want to catch me debating another podcast from the Worst Take Network uh, go check out the Sideline Take podcast you can find the link on our Twitter we debate the biggest NFL draft bust of all time uh, shout out to you know them for having me on there and we hope to have them on here one day but uh, stay tuned big announcements coming more content coming you guys subscribe rate the podcast listen share it with everyone uh you guys are the best listeners out there but until next time we out